With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Live Well Anyway. I am clearly not your host, Mackenzie Kappa. This is her son, Roman. My mom has come down with a bout of laryngitis this week. But not to worry, she was able to record a great interview with an author, podcaster, and counselor, Deborah Faleta. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode where Deborah and my mom actually do an impromptu counseling session. Before we get there, I want to mention that my mom has actually opened up a registration for a free webinar she is hosting on May 24th for work from home moms who are preparing for the summer. You can find it at mackenziecoppa.com slash summer webinar. Now I really believe that this webinar is going to help you work at home moms. In my own personal experience, my mother has dealt with a few summers where she's had to work at home but also juggle spending time with us kids which can be hard to work around because you have to put the food on the table but also keep the relationship strong and through that time she has come up with some really good strategies and ideas in doing all of that and also maintaining her job so if you want to make your summer easier then you should join this free webinar to learn how. So again, go to mackenziecoppa.com slash summer webinar. And with that, let's get on with the show. Welcome, Deborah. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. I am so excited to have you. I actually like binge listened to your new book while I was cleaning my daughter's room last weekend. <laughs> That's awesome. So it was, it was great to have you keep me company during that. Yes, I'm so glad I could keep you company. I know. So before we just dive into everything, would you go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Deborah Faleda and I am a licensed professional counselor. I'm a mom of four. I'm a wife. I write books and I podcast and run a blog. So all different kinds of things. But my, my main passion is to help people get healthy. And I was so impressed with your book. I mean, I feel like I've gotten pretty choosy about who I have on the show. And this, I mean, I was intrigued as soon as it came across my desk, like, oh, this is a possibility. It's called Reset, you guys. So I will have it linked in the show notes, but it's powerful habits to own your thoughts, understand your feelings and change your life. So, I mean, right from the get go, I was like, oh, well, that sounds interesting. <laughs> but I was so impressed with just like the format of the way you put it all together. It was so thoughtful. Like you don't overspeak. I think sometimes we get like Christian instructional books that add more fluff than is needed, yeah. you know? Yeah. But you really like it was so well crafted. The chapters are so short but poignant and mm. super actionable. I mean, this is basically like a 30-day guide for walking you through how to start a reset in your life. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's so great to hear that feedback. I'm glad you enjoyed the short chapters. 
it, it's the first time I've ever done a short chaptered book. This is my sixth book. Oh, wow. But I just, yeah, I just felt like I, I wanted to kind of zoom in mm -hmm. and make it really actionable, like yes. practical. Like, sure, we all want to reset, but we don't want just like theory about the reset. We don't want just like fluff about it. We, we actually want to figure out the steps that we need to take to make it happen efficiently and effectively. And so that was kind of my goal is to reduce this book into like these 31 practices to help you heal from the inside out, the things I would tell my clients, the things I would practice in my own life and kind of give you a little bit of an action plan. Well, and I think that was the thing that really stood out to me the most because, you know, I've read a lot of books about improving your life and all of that. And I've also been to counseling before. And this is the first book that I really felt like, oh, this is like the closest to counseling that you're going to get out of wow. a book. It I love hearing that. Somebody, another podcaster recently told me that they feel like this is the closest thing to counseling sessions in a book. And I, I feel like that's the best compliment you could give me as a counselor. Truly, because it you are so relatable in it. I mean, you don't shy away from getting personal and telling your own things, but it's also just, and maybe more so because I listened to the audiobook. So I really felt like you were like there with me. But I think for somebody who's like, I really want to make some changes. I need some first steps for this. It is like the perfect place to go to, to start that process. Yeah. So well, thank you. Well done to you. But I, before we dive into like the meat and potatoes of what we're going to kind of do in this episode, I wanted to also like piggyback on that, that this is a starting place. Like this book is excellent, but I think that as people get into it, they're going to want like more of it. You can't help but like listen to you talk about it, read the book and be like, I want to take these next steps. I want somebody to like help usher me through a lot of these processes. And you yeah. have that resource as well. Yeah, I'm so thrilled because last year I started something called the Deborah Fileta Counselors Network. It's a team of counselors that are trained by me, supervised by me, discipled by me, and they are available to see clients uh, they're they're faith forward counselors, so they all love the Lord. They love Jesus. They're good Christians, but they're also really good counselors. And so it's called the Deborah Fileta Counselors Network. And we have reduced rate counselors for people who can't afford the full rate. And we just want to make sure that we provide a way for people all across the country to get counseling. All our sessions are online via Zoom. And I'm just so grateful uh, for the Counselors Network. So again, if 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 you want to go deeper. And, and maybe you start reading Reset and, and God just begins to bring things to the surface of your life that need to be healed. Uh, we would love the privilege of partnering with you on the journey of healing. Well, and I really liked as I was reading the book and then I could, you know, you talk about the Counselors Network in the book and I could tell that these are like practices that you actually use with clients. And I found that really interesting because I've been through counseling. I, I did it for quite a few years after I left my marriage and yeah. obviously had like a lot of trauma to process and did EMDR and that kind of thing. But yeah. a lot of it was cognitive behavioral therapy. So it's like mm -hmm. talk therapy. But I, most of the time when I would walk away, 
I wouldn't feel like I was given like a tool or homework to work on. And sometimes you want like something a little bit more practical than just that hour long session of talking about things, because I can talk about things with my best friend, you know, like I I want a way to be able to kind of like capitalize that and have something to work on and focus on. And it seems like to me, that is what you do in your practice. Like these yes. are things that you you actually have actionable steps. We do. We we love homework, but we, you know, our motto for the Counselors Network is help people alleviate the pain of the present by getting to the roots from the past. Mm. Like we, we don't just want to deal with the here and now. That's important. But yeah. there's a reason why you are here. There's a reason why you're struggling today. There are things from the past that have impacted how you live life here and now. And so it's a holistic approach to healing, you know, focusing on your emotional health, your mental health, your spiritual health, your physical health, and just helping you heal from the inside out. A lot of practical things that we offer our clients. And we want to just do it in the most efficient way possible because nobody needs to be in counseling for the rest of their lives. That's yeah. not the point of counseling, you know? Yeah. No, I I love that. Okay, so here's another question. I was talking with a friend recently who I was like, you would benefit so much from counseling. Like, And it was a close enough, enough friend that I could you know, say that to you. And yeah. We were talking about it and I was saying like, I think that it would be a really good idea for you and like, have you ever thought about it? And she said, well, I went to a counselor a few years ago. I saw her once. She was super young. She had no life experience. And I just, she was, you know, I did got nothing out of it. It was totally pointless. I was like, well, I think that it, you know, hiring a counselor is like hiring a midwife or a doula or like it's somebody that you have to click with. You have to be able to trust. And sometimes you have to like, you know, kind of experiment to find somebody who you really are able to work with and be open with and feel like you, you know, are getting the kind of feedback that is working for you. So what does your process look like within your counselors network of pairing people up with counselors? Yeah, I think it is an important part of the experience, you're not going to connect with everybody. Yeah. Just like going to a church, you're not going to connect with every pastor going on a dating app. You're not going to connect with every person on that app. Like that's just part of life. We have different needs and tastes and temperaments and personalities. And, and so you, you really want to go into it looking at it in that way. Like you're trying to find somebody that's going to be a good fit for you and your healing journey Um, now I don't think you need to try like a hundred different counselors, but, but if the first one isn't a good fit, you should definitely try again. And I always say, give a counselor at least three sessions Mm. because there could be reasons that you don't like them that actually have more to do with you than they do with the counselor. Like maybe they remind you of your mom and you're trying to work through that, those mom wounds, for example, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that it's not a good fit. So give it at least three sessions just to see. Uh, but if it, if you don't feel like it's a good fit, try somebody else. And that's yeah. the beauty of it. So one thing that I'll do with our counselors network is people can always email us and give us a little bit of, of their situation, what's going on with them. Our, our website's Deborah Fileta, F-I-L-E-T-A, DebraFileta.com slash counseling. And you can always just message us or send an email. Let us know what you're going through, what your situation is. If you want a counseling recommendation, we can tell you, well, this person could be a good fit or give you a couple options of people who might be a good fit for you. 
and then, you know, pray about it, choose somebody. And, and if it doesn't work out, try again, like don't give up because you're not giving up on the counselor. Yeah. You're giving up on your healing journey. Mm -hmm. And that's something that you should never, ever, ever give up on. Yeah. And especially when we have options today, like you're saying it's over zoom, like you can make it work with your life. I know that is another one I've heard from friends like, well, my life is so busy or I have to work or how can I ever make that happen? Because I, you know, have so much going on. Well, we have options now. Yeah. It's get the kind of help we need. And I, I, I get to meet with people on their lunch break. Yeah. You know, I get to meet with people after they put their kids down couples counseling where the, the, they, they can't otherwise have a 10 p.m. session or a 9 p.m. session, but because of Zoom and the hours that we offer, they can put the kids down to bed and have their counseling session. So there's a lot of flexibility with that, and I'm really grateful for it. Yeah, that's amazing to hear. And I, yeah, I hope that people who maybe have been holding back from counseling, this will be like a good push to start thinking about it because I think it's it's so, so beneficial. I have been doing some life coaching lately, which isn't the same as counseling. It was kind of cool to read your book alongside some of this other stuff that I've been doing because you have so much in here about thought work. And that's a big thing that has been talked about in the life coaching that I've been doing. And so I want to kind of dive into that and we may get a little personal here. Deborah, you actually do counseling on your podcast, like live counseling. Yeah, we do on air <laughs> counseling sessions. Um, they're some of the most popular series. Uh, my my show is a hotline style show anyway. So normally it's somebody calling in with a question and we kind of process through it on the podcast. But sometimes we'll just literally dive into a full-fledged on-air counseling session. Sometimes I've done counseling sessions with some of the most notable leaders and teachers and authors in our country. Wow. Other times it's just random couples who come on their listeners, their fans, and they, and they just realize like they need some work. So every February we do couples counseling on the podcast. Wow. Um, We're just in the middle right now of a reset series where I'm having people come on who want to reset a certain area of their life. So they come on for an on-air session. We've had resetting from porn, resetting my relationship with food, resetting from toxic optimism, resetting from negative thinking. So it's just been really neat to be able to process with people. And not only that, I, I think when other people hear the the struggle and the journey of, of healing that we're all on, it just normalizes it. Like, None of us are immune to the struggle, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, ladies, we're going to take a quick break right here to talk about our sponsor for this episode, Caraway Home. Now, because I sound like this and I don't have much of a voice, I am going to turn it over again to Roman, who has recently been doing some cooking with our Caraway pans for him to tell you all about them. Hi again. Now, let me tell you about these amazing pans we've been using for the past few years. These pans are completely different than any pans we've used before. And me now cooking more for my mother because I've come of age to do so, I have found that these are some of the smoothest pans you can use. Nothing sticks to the surfaces of these pans. When you're trying to cook steak, you can move them all about. You can get all the butter in there and you can cook those steaks nice. You can make eggs so easily and you can cook bacon. 
Who doesn't love good bacon? You can literally do anything you need with these pans. All of Caraway's cookware is ceramic coated. That means there is no toxicity in them. Unlike a lot of people in 2023. Caraway's pans are thoughtfully designed and come in many different colors. And they come with complementary storage. That's right. You don't have to worry about stacking them on top of each other because they have their own special places to go. And let me just mention that Caraway has also expanded upon their cookware. Now they also have non-toxic food storage. So if you wanna keep your food clean and bake like a machine and possibly even get your teens to start helping, you should look into Caraway Home. So visit carawayhome.com slash livewell to take advantage of this limited time offer of 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash livewell or use code livewell at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. And so I thought something that could be, I don't know if fun is the right word, but interesting today is to kind of step into that space with you and make myself a little little bit vulnerable, but show like what you do. And, you know, hopefully that is going to help also give people the push to get the help that they need. So here I am (laughs) ready for some counseling. Let's do it. Let's do it. So I don't know exactly where to start. I would well, say- Well, I, I always have ahead. a good place to start. So, okay. Okay. If I had to kind of dive in with you today, I, I think my first my first step would be to ask you, like, if you had to narrow down an area of your life right now that you feel like you could use a reset, something that needs to change or shift or transform, what would that be? Oh, <laughs> and it has to be one. <laughs> hmm It has to be one. You know, it's funny. It's like people usually either have nothing, like, I don't know, nothing. There's nothing I need to change. And I worry about those kind of people. Yeah. Because you should always be moving towards healing and growth and transformation. But then there's people on the other end of the spectrum who have so many different things they could choose from that they don't even know where to begin. And you know what that tells me? What? (laughs) It tells me that deep down somewhere there is... A, a shame cycle that they're caught in a measuring stick that they're, they're never able to kind of uphold, like just this critical view of self of like, man, I'm never, I'm not measuring up. I need to do it better. There's so many things I need to change. And even that in and of itself is probably an area that needs to be healed, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's why true. I always say, let's just try to focus on one thing for now so that yeah. we can just kind of watch the domino effect. Yeah, that's true. I think it's hard when there are a lot of things that you sort of feel like are happening to you that you don't really have a lot of control over. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I could easily say a lot of things with like, you know, what is happening with, you know, co-parenting or which that's silly. There there is no co-parenting in my life. There is (laughs) surviving a really hard parenting plan. I guess if I had to narrow it down, I would say the thing that I think would make the biggest impact for my life is like showing up differently in my business. Okay. Which is something I've been trying to do. Well, let me ask you this. How are you, how would you say you are when it comes to just general boundaries in your life? <laughs> um, Not great. <laughs> Yeah, I would say not great. I think I 
I think I always am wanting to hope for the best in people and hold out for them. And so I think I probably set myself on fire to keep other people warm a lot more than I would want to admit. And and the reason I ask is it's not that life isn't full of things that are outside of our control. It it totally is. But I also feel like when we have no role, we also have no control. Mm. Like it's like, well, life is just crazy. That's kind of hopeless. It's like depressing. If life is just crazy and there's nothing I can do about it and I just have to live with this crazy, hopeless, chaotic life, then the end result of that is a lot of disappointment, Mm -hmm. fear and hopelessness. Yeah. But when I can have a role in the situation, when I can see my role, I actually have influence. I can do things differently. I can't change life. I can't change people but I can change myself, which can influence people and can influence the situations I'm in. All of a sudden I have a role and all of a sudden I have more control than I had a minute ago. And I think boundaries are a really important part of that process because boundaries are about what I can do, how I react, how I interact, my expectations, what I bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that affects co-parenting, it affects parenting, it affects business, job, career, friendships, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think I try to cling a little bit to the things that I feel like I can control. And that's that's why I said business, because I think, well, there's a ripple effect. If I can show up well in my business, then I can hopefully make more money, which will give me more of the ability to defend my family in court or, you know, provide for us in a way that isn't as stressful as living month to month. And, you know, like, so I think that's why I say business, because even Mm -hmm. if a lot of other things are burning down, well, if I can control that, I can show up there, then, then I can, you know, allow that to change other things as well. Which is true. But I also think it's important for you to realize the role and influence you have in all of the other areas that feel so chaotic and out of control. Yeah. your, Your role just in your spiritual influence, your role in taking ownership of your thoughts when you start drifting into like worst case scenarios. Mm hmm your role in setting boundaries to protect you and the people you love. Like you've got a lot of areas that are outside of your control, but the good news is I think you still have a role. And here's why I think this is an important place to start. Oftentimes when you're a victim of abuse, a victim mm-hmm. of a difficult relationship, uh, you you come out feeling like a victim for the rest of your life feeling like everybody else has control Mm -hmm. and you just have to like be on the defense all the time, you know? And even that in and of itself is, is really part of the trauma more than anything, rather than the truth of God, which says, no, you actually have power and control because I have given that to you. I've given you authority over this. And so even the, the mindset shift of, you know what, I have a role I can influence. I I'm not just reacting to life but I can, I can respond. I can be proactive. I guess I just want to start by empowering you that you have an incredible role. And I I already see how you're yielding that control and power in a really 
good and healthy way. Thank you. I, yeah, I, I mean, everything you're saying completely resonates. It just feels so hard because it does feel like kind of coming back to the resources when you don't have enough resources to be able to advocate for yourself, just even financially, you know, it can feel like it's a, it's a lack of control. It's a lack of power. Mm-hmm. And so it can be really hard to not feel like you're just on the defensive. You're right. But let you know, even offering you a different perspective on that as a, as a spiritual Christian woman, it's like the, the resources at your fingertips might not be the commodities of money. Mm-hmm. but man, the spiritual commodity that, that you can just storm the gates of heaven with your requests and know that God is listening and that he's for you is so influential. So make sure that you never take that for granted because there's so much power, even in just that connection with the Lord and what he can do for you that you can't do for yourself. Okay. So now I'm going to ask a hard question. So I, I am a believer. I love Jesus. I, you know, all of those things, but I have also felt like God hasn't protected us in the past six years. Yeah. And so how do you keep doing that? How do you keep storming those gates or feeling like God is for you when you see your children suffering or you're continuously being attacked? Like how, how do you do that? How do you change your thought patterns and when you're still, when it's constantly still happening? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, first of all, it's so such a legitimate question. And I think a lot of people are going through this in different ways where Mm -hmm. they feel like life isn't going the way that it should be going. It's, this isn't what I expected. This isn't Mm -hmm. going well. I'm constantly being attacked. I'm constantly down, but There's two things that I think are really important to differentiate. Number one, what's my role in this? And number two, what's God's role in this? Because in order to to enter the journey of healing, and I talk about this in Reset, we have to be willing to heal, right? Mm -hmm. Like God doesn't force us into healing. He doesn't force us into like living a decent life. And even when he healed the paralytic at the pool of Bethesda, He Mm -hmm. asked him a question first. Obviously the guy's paralyzed. Like, why does he have to ask this question? But Jesus says to him, do you want to be healed? You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. isn't that an obvious question? No, it's not an obvious question because sometimes we want familiarity more than healing. Sometimes we want comfort more than healing. Yeah, that's true. So, so even answering the question of like, God, why didn't you protect me? Where were you? You know? there's two, there's two things we have to take ownership there. Number one, what was God's role? And number two, what was my role in that situation? And as awful as it is to walk through abuse and trauma and an abusive relationship, there's part of that. That's our role to take responsibility for. And here's why, if you don't have a role in that, then you could repeat it and it could just happen again and again and again. Mm Mm-hmm. But if you have a role and you can look back and you can say, okay, there were choices that I made that probably didn't align to God's best for me. There was boundaries I didn't put into place. There was lessons I was never taught. There was trauma I was living out of. 
that led me into an unhealthy relationship and kept me there, there, I did have a role. I did have things I could do differently. And God wants me to do those things in a healthier way. Like, mm-hmm. There's a little bit more power that comes from realizing that I have a role in partnering with God to keep myself in a healthy space, to keep myself in a healthy mindset, to keep myself in healthy relationships moving mm-hmm. forward. You know what I mean? Because you're going to do relationships again someday, right? Yeah. Well, I That's am. That's the hope. <laughs> but yeah. And, and if you really believe that like, okay, Lord, just lead me to somebody like sometimes that's kind of a, oftentimes with the Lord, we kind of have a passive perspective of like, God, tell me who to marry. Show me what I'm supposed to do. What's your will for my life? Oh, show me a sign. Okay. It must be that guy. And, and I feel like that passivity, it it might not necessarily be God leading you to that dude. It could be your trauma history. You know, you could be drawn to someone because of your dysfunction, not because God says, yep, that's the one. So a lot of it is also us realizing that we have to get healthy so that we can align ourselves with God's best plan for our life. Like we have a role in this too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, I think I, I dealt with a lot of the stuff that led me into my marriage and, and dealing with a lot of that trauma. I think a lot of the hard part of it is like the ongoing nature, even when you have You've made the choice to come away from it and get healing, but yet still are are under attack. I think that because the other person isn't healing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Part of it is dealing with just the consequences that that sometimes are ongoing and, and they spill into your life and they spill into your your family's life. I think the best thing that you can do though is rather than question and blame God. Mm-hmm partner with him. Yeah. Like, like a a lot of times we, we don't, we're afraid to partner with God because we're afraid that he's going to let us down when things aren't answered in the way that we thought they should be answered. Mm -hmm. Like, why didn't it happen this way? Why is it happening this way? Why didn't you heal me in this way? And, and still being able to believe that there's a bigger picture of what God is doing and a bigger purpose. And not that God causes the crap. I don't think he does. Yeah. But I think he can use it. I think the enemy causes it and wants to destroy our lives with sickness, divorce, abuse, trauma, addictions. And and God is like, okay, I I want you to, I want to help you do it better. But sometimes I think even just our theology of like, do you actually believe that God caused this? Or some people will say that God allowed it to happen. I don't think I believe that either, to be honest with my theology of it's more of like, this is, we live in a broken world and we're mm-hmm. trying to navigate our way through it with God by our side. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which leads us to another point. We're kind of spinning in circles. This isn't a traditional <laughs> yeah. session, Sorry, <laughs> a lot of teaching, you know, oftentimes our view of God and, and who he is and, and what, what he does or doesn't do is also tainted by our own trauma history, mm-hmm. our own experience with our parents our own experience with life. Like sometimes we view God through the lens of our own hurts of like, okay, God is this judgmental God or God is this distant God. And oftentimes when you really do a little digging, you realize that you believe some of those things because of your own wounds and things you've experienced in life at the hands of other people. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that that is, can very much become the case. 
and you have to you have to keep going back to the scripture to remember who he really is. But yeah, it's hard. So right now, what do you tell yourself when these things come up again and again and again? Like, what's your mindset? Like, here we go again. What 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 um, do you allow your brain to think? Well, I think I think it's twofold. When these things happen, I am sad and angry. And I feel like I, you know, it's it's just frustrating to feel like lies are believed and I I can't I can't make the changes for my kids or myself that need to be made. Um and that is very defeating and I think triggering. But I also so, oh go so ahead. what is the underlying belief? What do you like if you had to say the underlying belief is I believe that I am blank. Oh. In those moments, would you say powerless? Yeah. Yeah. I yes. <laughs> I do feel powerless. It's, and I think that's telling because like you said I feel triggered. You're triggered because you've probably really been powerless at different times in your history. Mhm. Yeah, for in, sure. In your, in your in your previous marriage, maybe even before that in your childhood. I, mean, I don't know your history. Yeah. I think that the the marriage primarily there was definitely a lot of that power being taken away. And and so, yeah, that it can still definitely feel that way. Yeah. And and I think the the truth is that you are not powerless, even when the situation feels like it, even when the enemy tries to re-trigger some of those wounds and make you feel powerless. That's, again, where you come to the table with, no, I am not powerless. I have a role. I have influence. There are things that I can do. There are ways that I can react to, to get myself out the other side as a better person, as a stronger person, like whether or not the situation changes, I have the power to change me and influence my children to the best of my ability and, and reminding yourself of truth when your trauma tries to take over with beliefs that you're powerless. Well, and I think that that's kind of what I was going to say with the twofold thing. I feel powerless in the situation, but I also feel like I work really hard to then still have control in the areas that I can, you know, yeah. uh, like yeah. you were saying, like enjoying my kids while I have them here and making this as much of a sanctuary as I can and having fun with them and trying to find ways where we can be happy and enjoy our life even though things aren't going the way that we want them to. So I don't think it's necessarily like a powerless powerlessness overall, but it is a powerlessness in the situation, um, which is triggering and hard. But then also on the flip side of that, I do feel like I try to come at it from, well, what what can I control? How how can I make the time we do have good? And how how can I try to be happy with my life anyway. I mean, that's, that's the whole, that's the podcast live well right. anyway, you know, yes. like keep, keep in finding ways to like my life, even though there are so many hard parts of it. It's so. true. You know, do you remember the chapter in reset that talks about shifting your perspective? Like which side of the story are you going to live out of? Mm -hmm. And, and it's the truth that each of us have 
a side that we can choose. The chapter is called choosing a side chapter 12. And you have one story that's hard and dark and difficult. Mm -hmm. And then you have another story in parallel that's happening today. That's good and truthful and rich. And you get to decide which side you you're going to live out of. Not that you ignore the other side or pretend it's not happening. Like we can't be unrealistic. Yeah. But if, if, if you actually took inventory of your brain, which side would, would I find if I could do a brain scan of like your thoughts throughout the day, which side would you be predominantly living out of? Like some people say optimistic, pessimistic. I, I think it's bigger than that. I think it's learning to fill your mind with truth or, or learning to kind of fixate on the hardships and even some lies kind of mixed in mm-hmm. there. And I don't think we're necessarily born optimistic or pessimistic. I think it's a trained behavior. Mm-hmm. I think we actually have to train our brain to focus on the 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 light, to focus on the bright side, to see what God is doing rather than what he's not doing. And yeah. believe it or not, when you have positive thoughts, they actually shift the chemistry of your brain, which also impacts your body. Like there are chemicals being released when you think positively. That's why there's been so many, so much research and studies that just about the power of gratitude. It's like, well, what big deal? What is like saying, thank you for something do no, that actually sitting in gratitude shifts the proteins and the chemicals in your brain and, and your brain function and increases serotonin and dopamine helps you to feel better. Like something actually happens when yeah. you begin to transform your thinking. And and I, that in and of itself is crazy. Like talk about having power and control. Yeah, no, that, that is amazing. And I totally agree with everything you just said, I actually just was talking in my Patreon this past week. I released a, a mini cast actually about how this past winter, because things did just, you know, really have an uptick, I felt like, in the way things were being hard in our life. And I found myself going back to saying something that I actually used to say when I was married. And I would find myself saying, I hate my life. Mm. And I would catch myself and it was like, oh, like, how am I back in that place where I just like am finding myself saying that again? And I have really been trying to change my thinking about it lately. Like you were saying with the sides, I've been trying to look at my life as like a puzzle and there are lots of different pieces and some of the pieces are really hard, but those don't make up the overall puzzle. It's not the whole theme of the puzzle. Like I can put other pieces in place that I do like and that do make me happy. And I don't have to see it as like, I hate my whole life. I may hate those pieces, right? but but I don't have to let that be the overall writing theme all the time. Even going back to boundaries, there are definite boundaries we need to set with ourselves. Mm Mm-hmm our brains, our self-talk, our thoughts, our feelings, our thoughts and feelings can control us or we can control them. Our thoughts and feelings can lead the way or we can lead them. And that's why it's so important to kind of learn how to even get to the bottom of what you're thinking. Like one of the activities I have you do in reset and talking about changing your thoughts 
you can't change your thoughts if you don't really know where you're struggling. Mm-hmm. And sometimes our thoughts are so familiar. They've just, they're always on the back burner of our life. Like we think them so automatically that we don't even notice we're thinking in a toxic and unhealthy way. Yeah. We just think we're being realists. Yeah. And we're actually being toxic in our thinking. Mm-hmm. Like you just said, like, I hate my life. Like that is a toxic thinking. Yeah. And so, so one thing to do is to actually face our thoughts. Like the Bible says, take every thought captive. I think about animals in the wild and taking them captive. You kind of have to be intentional and have a plan to capture them. Mm-hmm. Thoughts are wild. You've got to capture them and put them on a piece of paper or put them in your iPhone note app. And like every time you have a negative thought for 24 hours about yourself, God, or others, write it down, put it down, write it down, face it, and then begin to look for patterns. Like what are the patterns of your negative thinking? What are they rooted in? Is there a belief system? Maybe you, you realize that their fe- their feelings, their beliefs that are rooted in the feeling of inadequacy, like I'm not good enough. I'm, I can't measure up. I'm not doing what I need to do. Maybe they're rooted in the feeling of fear, like something bad's going to happen. I, I have no control. This is so scary. Maybe they're rooted in um, feelings of bitterness and shame, like Mm -hmm. all kinds of negative things about yourself. So it's really important for us to actually begin owning our thoughts and, and looking at them and seeing like what they're revealing to us about what needs to be healed inside of us. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And that was one of the things like right off the bat, as I was listening to your book, that was really resonating is like how powerful it is to change the way we're thinking about something, which then changes the way we feel and then changes our actions. And and I see that playing out, especially when you put a lot of intention into it. But I still, like, I struggle with, but when you are thinking things that are legitimately hard, like, how do you bridge that gap between just changing the things to that toxic optimism that isn't real to like having to deal with real things, but still trying to think positively about them. Like that's where I think I get like caught. Yeah. Cause you don't want to pretend they're not there. Yeah. I think the key is this. Am I able to feel and recognize that it's hard? Like most of us, swim in those bad feelings for quite a while, right? People Mm -hmm. who struggle with toxic optimism, you know, you struggle with toxic optimism when you don't actually allow yourself to ever feel anything negative. Mm. So those of us, I'm not even close to toxic optimism personally. (laughs) Like I know that for sure, because I can swim (laughs) in the anxiety. I can swim in the depression. I can swim in the discouragement. So for someone like me, I really have to balance it out with God's truth because I have spent more than enough time feeling the hard feelings. Mm-hmm. And so only you know yourself on which side of the spectrum you fall on. But but what would you say if about from what you know of yourself? Do you tend to be toxically optimistic and pretend nothing bad is happening? Or do you have a tendency to kind of sit with the hard stuff for longer than you should? I think I have a tendency to sit with the hard stuff. I think I also like, just like bury it and keep going a lot of the time. But I definitely, I, yeah, I think that I, my tendency is to go to the negative side of things. 
Yeah. So if that's the case, then you want to balance that out with, okay, yes, this is hard, but here's what I also know to be true. Mm -hmm. You know, like God is still working. And this is what I know about myself. This is what I know about God. This is what I'm believing for. This is what God's word tells me. Yeah. And, and balancing out some of that negativity with what you know to be true. Yeah. You know, I, I always go back to this theme, truth over trauma, truth over trauma. Like sometimes God's truth, like totally overwrites our trauma. You know, like, mm-hmm. like I remember when I went through a, a, a really difficult miscarriage mm-hmm. where I almost lost my life in the process. Wow. It was a really traumatic experience for me. And I remember kind of a few years later dealing with anxiety, dealing with flashbacks, getting triggered, like some, some PTSD symptoms kind of surfacing. And I kept hearing the doctor's voice in my mind of like, you almost died. You were minutes away from dying. Like you, you had no control. You were, you know, and just feeling a little overwhelmed, but tuning into God's voice in that moment, who said to me, like so clearly, like in my heart was just like, you didn't almost die that day. Yeah. According to scripture, I have your days numbered. Like I, I know the plan I have for your life. And, wow. and really believing that truth, because that's what I believe it to be true. According to yep. scripture, that's what I believe to be true. But realizing that I had actually kind of been living out of my trauma and, yeah. and it was affecting my body. It was affecting my fears. It was making me feel out of control. That was like, quote unquote, reality. But realizing that God's reality is actually more real than my reality. Mm. Mm-hmm. And and clinging to that and believing that was for me the ticket to to beginning to work through that traumatic experience. Wow! And so for you, whatever comes up during these hard things, I hate my life. It's never going to get any better. This is miserable. Like I'm never going to dig myself out of this. I'm never going to stop dealing with the consequences of this choice. Like okay, you you can have all those thoughts, but what what does God's truth speak? over that trauma and we don't just want to be silly and and optimistic like oh it'll be fine you know it'll be okay but what does god's truth specifically say over your trauma and i think that's the journey of like digging in and really opening your heart to the spirit of like lord write over my trauma with your truth Hmm. yeah that's a whole process (laughs) It is. And I think it's a daily process when yeah. things are currently happening. Yeah. It could be a, a momentary process, like minute to minute, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, we could dive into this, I feel like, for the rest of the day. <laughs> I think my time is almost up with you. <laughs> so we're going to have to wrap it up there, sadly. Um, but move on to my my wrap-up questions. But I so appreciate everything that you spoke into um, my situation and and all of those thoughts. It gives me a lot of really good things to think about. And and I really appreciate that. Well, thank you. I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity. Thank you for trusting me with part of your story. And I think my goal for with you and, and anybody who comes across my work is to help people feel empowered. Yeah. We have the power 
change and heal. Addictions are powerful. Trauma is powerful. Mental health issues are powerful. Physical health issues are powerful. The struggles mm-hmm. of this life are powerful. Yeah. But because of Jesus, we are more powerful. Yeah. You know, like that's exactly what God's word says. You're going to have trouble. Yeah. But I have overcome this world. Like you have more power because of me. And yeah, that stuff is powerful, but you can look it all in the eye and say, I, I am more powerful because of Christ at work in me. So if I had to leave one word over this podcast today it would be empowered empowered to heal empowered to change empowered to be transformed well thank you that's yeah i'm gonna go journal about this after we are done here good i love journaling (laughs) okay well totally shifting gears what does a typical day look like for you deborah Oh, goodness gracious. I guess it depends on whether it's a kid day or a work day. Okay. I've got four kids and I try to compartmentalize my kid days and my work days. Every now and again, though, something seeps in like today's technically a kid day. Oh, sorry. Uh, it's totally fine. It's it's We're kind of in the middle of book launch season, so things yeah. get a little bit muddled. Yeah. Uh, but typically, if it's a kid day... I'm up with the kids. We homeschool. So we're doing their schoolwork and then just kind of focused on being a mom and, you know, living my life as my best mom life, which can be chaotic, joyful, stressful, and everything in between. Um, My youngest is two and my oldest is 12. So quite a range. And then if it's a work day, I'm usually in my office or traveling, um, creating content, seeing clients, recording podcasts, writing books, and just kind of squeezing as much in depending on what time of year it is, if it's book marketing season or writing season or podcast recordings, and just kind of um, schedule out my day based on what I have going on. So that's kind of what my my day looks like. And then we wrap it all up in the evenings, have dinner together as a family, and um, just try to enjoy where it's getting nice out. So we're, yeah. we're getting ready to start enjoying the outdoors a little bit more. Nice. I love that. Okay. And what is one way that you live well anyway? Just some little pleasure that you take for yourself in the midst of life's chaos. I sleep in. (laughs) Nice. And I have zero guilt about it. Zero guilt. Like (gasps) I do not let my feet hit the ground until the two-year-old is up. Nice. Whether that's 7 a.m. or whether that's 9 a.m., I will take every minute and I have no guilt about it. I think sleep is such a such an important gift mm-hmm. that God gives us. And for those of us who don't sleep amazing like me, like sometimes I'll get up one or once or twice a night or go, use the restroom or whatever. I feel like it's almost like my duty to take every minute that I can. So I sleep when I can. And if I need to take a nap every now and again, I don't feel guilty about it. I just kind of allow my body to rest. I love that. I am fully in support of us <laughs> getting all the sleep and sleeping in and taking the naps and amen. Yes. yes for real. Even Jesus took naps. We just right? need to be more like Jesus, you know? Right. This is my holy moment in my bed. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. God's got the rest of this. I can right. just shut down. And sleep. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Are you ready for my stock questions? Sure. Okay. Candles or essential oil diffuser? Candles. Okay. Cloth napkins or paper? Paper. City or country? City. 
paper or digital? Mm, paper. Okay. Shopping, would you rather do it online or in the store? You know, that really depends on the day, but I will say most days in the store. Okay. It's whatever time you're making dinner and you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or music? Always worship music. Okay. Chocolate, milk or dark? Dark. Sports or no sports? Sports only because it's the way that I can really connect with my three boys. Okay. That's legit. (laughs) One way to connect with them. They love sports. I don't love sports at this stage of my life, but I love it because they love it. I've lucked out that my 17-year-old is really into film more than sports. (laughs) So that's been really a good way for us to connect and me not to have to tolerate the sports too much. For my boys, it's either sports, video games, or chess. And so I think I would prefer sports. Okay. (laughs) Out of that list. Yeah, I totally hear you on that. Okay. Live broadcasting. Would you rather broadcast or watch? Broadcast. Okay. What is your favorite movie? Hmm. I had time to think about this because <laughs> you gave me a little cheat sheet about this one and I still don't, still don't have know. one for you. I have no idea. Here's why I don't know. I forget every movie I watch within five minutes of watching it. Oh, that's funny. The other day we watched, um, I can only imagine, which was a great movie. Have you watched that one? I haven't yet. My kids have, so but I haven't good. seen it yet. I loved it. But I had watched it before. Oh. I just didn't remember one thing from it. And my my poor husband who remembers everything is like sitting there. He's like, you really don't know what's going to happen. I'm like, <laughs> I have no idea what's going to happen. But I've watched it before. So this is why I don't remember my favorite movie because I don't remember them. That's hilarious. So there's I, no I movie brain that you would, storage for you other would just things. Like think like, oh, it's like a, you don't have like a comfort movie you would just go back to or like no. have on in the background. And Nope. All right. Not at all. You may be the first person who's ever just not answered this question. Like I'm refusing to answer this one. I'm sticking to my guns. I don't even remember the movies that I watched. There must be some great movies out there. Like I can, I can say that I can only imagine was a great movie, but if I watch it again next month, it'll probably be like, I'm watching it for the first time. That's hilarious. That's how I am with my podcast. (laughs) When I go back to edit it, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm about to say. That's so so funny. You okay. learn from yourself every right, time. Right? Like, oh, that was a good point. <laughs> okay. And the final question, if you were to put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum where zero is totally not crunchy and 10 is like singing Kumbaya by the fire with your legs unshaven and dreadlocks in your hair, where would you be on the spectrum? Totally uncrunchy. Okay. I'm as creamy as possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate the honesty. Because like most people just say, oh, I think I'm a five. No, I'm definitely creamy, creamy. All right. I love it. Well, Deborah, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We will have the links to like everything you talked about in today's show notes. So if anyone is wanting more information or to get the book or the counseling, they can find all of that really easily. But I just so appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me and for sharing your story with so many people to help people heal. Um, And I hope this was empowering for you and for everybody listening. This is, this is the year of deeper healing. I'm believing for it. Yeah. Amen to that. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Yep. Bye. Bye. It's me again. 
I hope you enjoyed this podcast, and I would like to mention that if you had any interest in any of the things they mentioned in this podcast, then you can find all of the links in the show notes if you just swipe up on your app, or you can go to mckenziecopper.com and find all the details there. And don't forget, you can also find the link to my mom's free webinar for work-at-home moms trying to deal with this next summer. Thank you for participating in this podcast. I hope you enjoyed me having my little cameo in the beginning and end. My mom should be back next week, but until then, go be bold and gracious. And now for a few bloopers with Roman's approval. Hello, ladies. (laughs) Welcome to Live Well Anyways. Ah! Welcome to Live Well Anyways. Crap. A bout of laryngitis this week. I think I said that right. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this podcast where Deborah and my mom actually do an impromptu counseling impromptu. session. Oh. <laughs> impromptu? Yeah, impromptu. Uh, okay. I think you guys are actually going to really like this episode where Deborah and my mom actually do a impromptu counselor session. Counseling session. <laughs> Gosh, you can find it at mckenziecoppa.com. <laughs> now, I believe that this is really going to help you guys because... In my own personal experience, summers can be quite difficult for the mothers, especially ones with children. And I mean, they were. What? They were mothers until never mind. That's until dark. Kids grew up, is that what you mean? Yes. Ah. <laughs> Now, I believe that this webinar is going to be very helpful for you mothers out there because, in my personal experience, summers can be quite difficult for mothers, in fact. Yes, you face many struggles, especially if you're alone. Because. <laughs> no. Is that just for single moms? Oh, it's for all moms. It's for all work from home. Oh, I thought it was just the ones that were single and needed to, like work harder because they don't got no financial support no. okay for any work from home okay caraway pans are also thoughtfully designed and come in all different types of colors and you know for mother's day your mom would probably like a nice pink pan if we're being honest or turquoise i don't even know if those are colors that they offer snap <laughs> okay we do have those pans we do. i didn't know that is that the one we that i use sometimes like the big one yeah oh yeah then this is all this is all real these are real experiences making bacon in those pans some eggs some steak (laughs) (laughs) me now cooking more for my mother because i've come of age to do so (laughs) 